It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Reds fans, and thanks for tuning in to the Tuesday edition of the Locked On Reds podcast. Today, we've got a lot to unpack with another rumor. That's right, Reds fans. Just as soon as I told you that there wasn't going to be any big moves left before spring training, the Reds and the Marlins and JT Realmuto happened. So we got a lot more rumors to talk about when it comes to him. We're going to take a look at how um, the trade would impact the Reds and and all of that good stuff. So thanks for tuning in to Tuesday's edition. If you're not subscribed to the podcast, what are you doing? Go to iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or Stitcher and hit that subscribe button. Best way is to get the automatic downloads through the subscription each and every day. That way, when you wake up, the podcast is on your phone and ready to go or, you know, on your device with which you listen to the podcast. So anyway, like I mentioned, Monday night, really about 4.30-ish, rumors started swirling that the Marlins were moving close to a deal to trade JT Realmuto. And at first they were talking about the Padres and the Dodgers, and then all of a sudden the Reds creep in. And John Heyman first reports that the Reds are surging in to try and make a deal for JT Realmuto, and then all of a sudden... You've got all these different people reporting that the Reds are in on JT Realmuto, like Joel Sherman and even Buster Olney's getting in on it, Ken Rosenthal, all of those good folks that cover the game of baseball for our wonderful country. And actually, it was kind of funny because I got Buster Olney's attention for a second because I did one of those all, oh, those national writers, they never like anything that the Reds do. And he was like, what? What did you say? I didn't say it was bad, but it was just kind of funny to see him react to something that I post. But the interesting thing about this is I was all but certain that the Reds were out on Real Muto because the, the you know, reports were the Marlins asking price was through the roof. They were consistently telling the Dodgers that unless Cody Bellinger was involved in their offer for Real Muto, then there was no going to be a deal. Well, I kind of did a little, you know, if-then scenario with the Reds, and it's like, well, they'd be asking for a Eugenio Suarez or something, and Lord knows the Reds should never do anything like that. But a lot of the reports coming in, especially from Joel Sherman and John Heyman, were talking about that the Marlins were really just looking at prospects. And, of course, they were looking at Senzel, Trammell, and Hunter Green. But another name was put in there that really piqued my interest, and it piqued a lot of folks' interest on Twitter as they watched this whole rumor mill unfurl right before us, and that's that the Marlins were interested in Jonathan India. Now, Jonathan India is not a prospect that we've really talked about a lot because he was the Reds' first-round pick last year, brand new to the organization, and he's got a lot of promise. He's listed as a third baseman, but just like Nick Senzel, he's an athlete. He can play just about anywhere on the field. And some folks kind of even look at him as maybe a second base option. Like, say, maybe Nick Senzel works out in center field. And a couple of years down the road, you know, there's no more Scooter Jeanette sitting at second base. Maybe they slot Jonathan India in there. But that's all speculatory and all this stuff. I mean, the kid's still brand new to the game of professional baseball, at least. He's obviously played baseball a long time in his life, but um, 
brand new to the rat race of Major League Baseball. So it was interesting to see that name. The fact that you could think, now Jonathan India would rate as one of the Reds' top five prospects. Don't get me wrong, he would be a big fish to be giving up as far as minor league prospects are concerned. But kind of goes back to what we were talking about, me and James Rapine, a few weeks back. That prospects, prospects, prospects. We're tired of talking about prospects. What are we talking about? Prospects. We want to talk about wins. We want to talk about contention. We want to talk about the Reds and what they would look like in October. JT Realmuto brings that into view if the Reds can get him. And if the Reds can get him without trading Nick Senzel or Taylor Trammell, especially Nick Senzel. I mean, imagine Nick Senzel pans out in center field and the Reds work a deal without one of those big guys and say they trade Jonathan India and um, you know Tucker Barnhart or something like that down to Miami and they get GTA, JT Ramuto and then you've got no weaknesses in the Reds lineup. In fact, someone threw out a statistic that sabermetrically the weakest hitter in the Reds lineup would be Jose Peraza. I am absolutely on board with that because Jose Peraza was pretty good last year. In fact, I was an advocate for him in saying that he had a really good season. But just looking at the reports, and it really struck me. It surprised the crap out of me. Because when I first saw the rumor, I'm like, man, I'll do a backflip. There's there's no way this is going to happen. And then just report after report. And then Mark Sheldon wrote an article for MLB.com. And everyone was just reporting on this. And the more and more that you saw these rumors, the more and more you got yourself to believe that, hey, the Reds might just get this done. And maybe they don't get it done tonight. You know, I'm recording this right around a little after 9 p.m. And so far, it's still a rumor. Maybe it doesn't happen tonight. Maybe it happens tomorrow. But it's totally changed my tune as far as what the Reds are doing the rest of the way. That's exciting. I mean, the Reds have been phenomenal this offseason in drumming up excitement. In fact, today I just applied for, they they opened up the lottery for opening day tickets. So if you haven't seen that, check out Reds.com. They have opened up the ticket lottery for opening day. You can apply and throw your name in the hat there. And then whenever they do the drawing, I believe it's on February 21st, they draw from all that, and I, I can't remember exactly how many people get drawn, but you get the opportunity to purchase opening day tickets. Now, it's nothing crazy. I actually did this lottery last year and was drawn. You get the opportunity to purchase view-level tickets, and that's you know that's nice. I ended up sitting as high as you could possibly sit in the stadium for opening day last year, but it's awesome because you get to purchase them for you know, slightly above face value. They're at the premium face value, but not a ticket price you're going to see, especially this year with all of the hype surrounding this team because of the moves that they've done. It's just not going to be easy to get a ticket to opening day this year, especially for what you would consider a reasonable price. You'd almost have to make sure you have a nice savings account set up. So, Be sure, if you really want to go to opening day, do what I did and apply for the ticket lottery at Reds.com so that you can get you some tickets at a decent price. But kind of like I mentioned here, the rumor for JT Ramuta just really heated up, and I'm going to talk more about that here after the break. You're listening to the Locked on Reds podcast. 
It's almost spring training time, Reds fans, and what does that mean? That means that Cactus League spring training is about to get underway. We're less than a month away from games starting out in Goodyear, Arizona for the Reds. Why don't you think about taking a trip? I'd love to take a trip myself, but talk about the best place to go for spring training baseball, Arizona is the perfect home base for baseball fans like you and me. And it starts at visitarizona.com slash spring training. You can go there and plan your trip. We're talking about 15 Major League Baseball teams playing in 10 stadiums, all within 50 miles of each other. So not only can you see the Reds, but you can see multiple teams. Check out your favorite players that will be in Cactus League action. They're all going to be pretty close together. And hey, when you're outside the ballpark, there's plenty of things to see and do. Talk about all the sites. you got Grand Canyon. Monument Valley, all sorts of cowboy scenery and stuff. You got Tombstone, Arizona with the OK Corral. And you can even bring the family. There's resorts with water parks and all sorts of fun activities for just about all the ages in your family. So if you're looking for great baseball and you're looking for warm weather here in the coming month, look no further than Arizona and start your trip by going to visitarizona.com slash springtraining. Thanks for checking out the Locked On Reds podcast here on this Tuesday. I'm your host, Jeff Carr. We've been talking about JT Realmuto as the rumors heated up last night on Monday night and talking about the Reds as, you know, really jumping in there trying to get him. Let's take a look at who JT Realmuto is because some of you may have seen, some of you may have even looked him up as to his player profile and just about who he is and what he's all about. GT Ramuto last year, last year he made the All-Star game and he also won the Silver Slugger for National League catchers. He had a great year batting 277 with 21 home runs and 74 RBIs in 531 plate appearances. He also had an on-base percentage of 340 and it was his third straight year of having at least 130 hits. He had 132 hits the last three years. In 2016, he had 154 hits. In 2017, he had 148 hits. And this past year, he had 132 hits. So he puts the barrel on the ball a lot. He had 30 doubles. That's three years in a row of having 30 doubles or more. He also had three triples to go along with his 21 homers. He even stole three bases. So he likes to get around the base pass, too. He's really quick. His last three years also, he's bat 303, 278, and 277. So he's constantly up there. In fact, last season, according to BaseballReference.com, he was worth 4.3 wins above replacement. He was rated as the best catcher in the game. Now, some dispute that. Some say that it's different guys, but there's a lot of people that think that JT Ramuto is the best catcher in the game today, and that would be a huge get for the Reds. You know, with all due respect to Tucker Barnhart, I love Tucker Barnhart, but offensively, JT Ramuto is an upgrade, and maybe even defensively as well. I mean, Tucker has been great with the glove in years past. I mean, he's a couple years removed from a gold glove, but comparatively, looking at the stats, last season, Tucker batted 248 with 10 homers and 46 RBIs. He had 114 hits compared to JT Ramito's 132. 
And he did that. He compiled a .9 wins above replacement. In fact, his career wins above replacement is 5.2. So JT Realmuto about matched Tucker Barnhart's career wins above replacement in one season. So where some folks are saying, you know, man, I don't think it's much of an upgrade. It is a huge upgrade. And it really makes that spot in the lineup a whole lot harder to get out. In fact, some may say that if the Reds get JT Realmuto, he could be slotted into the number two hole. You can't say that about Tucker. Like, you know, like I said, I, I love Tucker. I've got nothing against him. But you're not putting Tucker Barnhart batting second in the lineup for the Reds. You can do that with JT Realmuto because he's got the speed, he's got the on-base prowess, and he even has the bat speed to really thrive in that position. And he's going to be on base for Joey Votto to knock in and for Eugenio Suarez to knock in and maybe even Yasiel Puig. just kind of depends on how all that plays out. But I really think it'd be a great upgrade for the Reds to bring him in. So if you think about that, just big picture-wise, when it comes to this offseason, the Reds were looking to get better. They were looking to get interesting. And really, even up to this point, I think they've done that. They've definitely built up enough interest in the fans that I think people are going to turn out in droves for opening day. Now, maybe the first part of the season while school is still in and you know people are working on the weeknights, got those early weeknight games this year in April. And I think in May they're doing that as well. I'd have to get back to you, you know do some studying on that but you know they'll be starting at 640 instead of 705 but I think it's going to be a busy summer at GABP they're going to have lots of interest and when you add JT Realmuto into the mix who knows maybe that even leads to one more move and I know that we've already got a flurry of moves from the Reds this offseason and I had a buddy ask me if the Reds getting JT Realmuto on top of what they've already done, does that make this the best offseason in franchise history? And now, of course, you know, this is year 150. I can't speak for the entire franchise history, but I'm pretty sure it's up there. Definitely, uh, you know, top three, at least, as far as how the Reds are doing. And, you know, Mo Egger made a point on his show. What else, what choice do they have? But I think they've really done it well. The moves that they've made has put them in a position to not only be 500, but if you add JT Ramuto, and who knows, maybe they go out and they get one more guy after that, then you're talking about playoffs. Then you're not going to hold me back from having high expectations and thinking that this team can contend in the NL Central this year because, according to Vegas, the difference between first and last is only you know, on the over-under spectrum, it's only about 10 games. I think they had the Reds over-under at 77.5, like I mentioned in an earlier episode. And I believe the Cubs and the Cardinals were tied at, you know, well, I think it's 11 games. I think the Cubs and Cardinals are tied at 88.5. Now, sure, that's a big step for the Reds to close that gap. But JT Ramuto is a huge help in closing that gap because it makes the lineup 1 through 8 just absolutely phenomenal. And there's not a pitcher in this division, there's not a pitcher in this league that's going to look at the Reds' lineup and be like, boy, this is some cake, I'm going to be able to rest my arm today. He's going to have to be on his game 
to get around this sort of thing. So, like I said, kind of spent the whole show talking about this one rumor, but it really consumed Monday evening. If you were on social media like I was, just constantly refreshing, trying to see exactly when the Reds did the deal. And who knows, maybe they'll do that do it after that I've recorded this and I'll have to re-record everything. That'd be all well and good. But anyway, I appreciate you listening to this Tuesday edition of the Lockdown Reds podcast. Tomorrow, maybe we've actually got news. Maybe it's not rumors. Maybe we're talking about the actual acquisition of JT Raumuto. But just in case that doesn't happen, I do want to take a look at the lineup as it stands now, and we're going to kind of break down the strengths, and we're going to break down maybe a couple of the weaknesses, some of the things that spring training will need to flesh out. Thanks for listening to the Lockdown Reds podcast. If you're not subscribed, go to iTunes or Spotify, Google Play, or Stitcher, and make sure you hit that subscribe button. Also, leave us a nice little five-star review if you like the podcast, and make sure you're tuning in tomorrow. This has been the Locked On Reds podcast. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.